Hey TCBs, this is Ashley. And this is Amanda. And this is Allegedly. Bum bum bum! That was beautiful. I loved it. I loved everything about that. Oh, how have you been? Nobody ever asks me that. I don't, nobody ever asks you how you are? I don't think so. You need to go to the therapy. They ask that all the time. I'm going to. <laughs> I am going to. February 8th. I want you the first time I that you, you see to. her. Oh, no. Okay. Continue. You just, you like said, I want you, and then you pause for like five seconds. I never say that to you. What possessed you to think? Um, Did you just come out to me? No! (laughs) (laughs) You just literally, you're like, I thought you said I want you, so I'll say it back. I want you too. Being polite. That's not polite. Oh. Thank God we don't go to like lesbian clubs because there's if they're like clubs. i want you you'd be like i want you too there's lesbian i'm just being polite don't take that yes there's lesbian clubs yes there's gay clubs is it the same thing as a lesbian club i'm pretty sure i mean the girls go for the girls the guys go for the guys it's really not that difficult okay i don't know what i was thinking. speaking I... of clubs though you just went to one. Not a gay club. Although you may, you could have in Philly. They have I one. did not. I didn't. I went to a comedy club. Yeah. I saw Erica Rhodes. She is a comedian from LA. And she was also, she had a small role on Modern Family. Did she tell you like what episodes or season? No, but I think we can Google that. Oh yeah, sure. Good point. Google is a Googler. Google is a Googler. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Is um, it, is it, though? it is. I'm going to tell you a secret, though. I instantly feel when I go to a comedy club and I come out, I instantly feel like I am on a scale of like one to 100. I am at 100 funnier. Why? Scale of 100 funnier. I don't know. I, I, I think it has something to do with the fact that like um, so when I go down south to like North Carolina and whatnot to see um my family, I, uh, I, I pick up accents quickly. So now I'm talking Southern and Tara's like, you need to stop. I want to go with you somewhere where you pick up. Okay. A- so fun fact, it doesn't even happen only when I travel there. So my sister can call me from Tennessee and suddenly I'm speaking Southern. And Shannon, t- can you call and put yourself, put, we'll put you on speaker so I can hear and then we'll And it on. happens. Yeah. Tara hates it. So I think what happens is, is I pick up the comedy and, um, you know, I think I'm hilarious. You are hilarious. Yeah, no, I think I'm much more hilarious when I come out of a comedy club. (laughs) I really want to go to a comedy club with you. I tested my comedy on Erica. Did she think you were funny? Well, I think we just did, you know, improv. By the rise of the tone of your voice, I... We just, we did improv back and forth. And nobody thought to record this so I could hear So, okay, James was in the bathroom, and this is the common theme. James leaves me to my own devices. He goes to the bathroom after every time. This is the second time we've been to a comedy club. He goes to the bathroom right after. Now, there was a situation with the bathroom that I couldn't go to, um, which (laughs) is... You were in the wrong waiting area. 
And that there is going to be the start of my comedy journey. I think I'm going to TikTok this. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go talk to the comedian, Erica Rhodes. She's standing there. She is tiny, by the way. She, I feel like she, oh, she was a new girl. That was super Sorry. loud. Sorry. she. I'm reading all this stuff. She was in a lot of stuff, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in... Um, in um oh where did where did where that where did Modern Family, in 2016 she played in the episode I don't know how she does it and she was the character Marianne. Yeah. And in New Girl she was Wendy. Hmm. Yeah. She's she's a cute little thing. She's just stick she her in your in pocket. Black dick. It just says Veronica. She was Veronica in Black Dick. Absolutely was. Wow. Okay, I don't know what black dick is. I mean, I, I know what it is, but I don't know what that is to watch. <laughs> I don't know. What wow, to... she was in a lot of so, stuff. So, yeah, she's a tiny little thing with, like, almost like a mouse voice. Like, it's 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 cute. It's just all, she's adorable. Um, So, I go I over this. to her, right? Oh God, what the hell did you say to her? Yeah, so I go over to her and telling her how awesome she is, you know, and pumping her up. And uh, she's like, do you want a picture? And I was like... Oh, yeah. So in in her bit, uh, she doesn't have a boyfriend. She made that clear. She doesn't have a boyfriend. And she feels like she's missed that window. Like it's coming on. Now she's just doomed to be single forever. Yeah. Okay. Sort of. Um, so, you know, and finding the right guy, of course, the, because they're all just Where men children. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, and we just don't have time to fix y'all. So... <laughs> She, she's missed the window, right? So she's single. So she's like, hey, you want a photo? And I said, I said, I said, uh, oh, well, can we wait for my boyfriend? Because I have one, unlike you. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, <laughs> you were listening. And I said, I was taking notes. Because that literally sounds like something I would do. So it came out literally. of Literally. So she goes, well, somebody has to because otherwise I can never remember my, my jokes. And I said, that would be my problem. It would be your problem. And uh, I, so I, I, she said something. She's like, yeah, yeah, I don't have a boyfriend. And I'm like, oh, you don't have a father either um, because he's dead. <gasps> Was that supposed to be funny? Well, she said it in her bit. I just brought it back to make it show that I was listening. Oh, did she think that was funny? I don't know. Did you think it was funny? I I felt it was appropriate. Oh, okay. <laughs> because well, that's good. She made it clear because so what happened was during her bit, she's like, and my dad's here tonight, and we're all like <gasps> looking around for him, and she's like in spirit because he's dead, and she has him in a necklace on and her. What do you mean? He's in an ashes. Ashes. And she's like, okay. some of the ashes are in my car because it spilled. Um. <laughs> do with that if the ashes are just in do you like suck a, them up in a vacuum <gasps> is that inappropriate is that is that not right what else would you do i don't know <laughs> they would have to go into i don't the, know what i would do there's that woman well we do know what you would do if it was your dad's ashes you know my strange addiction i know i never watched it oh good we you know you knew i was talking about a tv show because i was waiting for you to be like no what is your addiction 
That would have so, went into a very odd segue. There. That would have been bad. So anyway, no, my strange addiction. There was a woman on there who um, eats her husband's ashes. So luckily, that's not what's wait, being wait, done with wait, this. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait. What? Yeah. Yep. Um, that's a thing. We I <laughs> we can find the video. I can show you. I don't, don't want to look at that. She eats them. <laughs> she eats it. She eats them. She eats them. That, that's all, folks. <laughs> she eats them. Swallows it. Google it. I. Yep. Sure does. Why? I don't. I, She's a cannibal. Yep. And what? I know. I don't. It's ash. That, yeah, but it's ash made up of bone from a human. That's no different than me saying. I know. I'm I eating get a it. strawberry, even though I blended it down into a smoothie. I I get it, but that's not what Erica's doing. She's just carrying it around in a necklace. <laughs> okay, yeah, we got a little, <laughs> we got a little carried away with that one. But you know, it it is it is what it is. You know, but I I, I simply feel like I'm a lot funnier. And uh, James left me. This is the second time that he's left me alone. The first time we went to Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse! Oh, our man's from there. Our well, I mean, man, I call him our John. Man. He would love that I too much. I don't like him. Um, but he left me. We went to see Chris Porter in Syracuse. Porter, Porter, right? Not yep. porner, porner, but I don't know. I porn. Don't know. Let's circle back to that. So, um, oh, why? Oh, sex. The, uh, yeah, the sex with Emily. Sex with Emily. She's I've... not having sex with Emily. It's a podcast. <laughs> I just wanted to make that really clear. James, in case, you, well, I mean, you already know who Emily is, but we're just. I've been listening to Sex with Emily nonstop now. I learned that May is Masturbation Month. I thought it was Mother Day Month, but it's in Cinco de Mayo. But it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everybody could have seen your face. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's also masturbation month. And isn't it funny that Mother's Day, Mother's starts with M, Cinco de Mayo starts with M, and masturbation starts with M, and they all are in May? Is that, you know? <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> really? It's really a shame that we don't have video. video. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, so uh, we saw Chris Porter in Syracuse, and again, we come out of the show, and James goes to the bathroom. And you always He's always in the bathroom. Always in the bathroom. Now, I can't remember exactly how this went down, but I do remember that I was talking to Chris Porter, and then there was another guy. I think he was the MC of the night. What's an MC? He's really the one that introduces everybody, but he also has his own little bit to say. Oh, okay. Um... So, he was, he was black. He was standing off to the side a little bit. Kind of not in our circle, but just, he could have been in our circle. And I had said something to him, like, you can come join us. I won't bite. Should have stopped right there. But I didn't. And I said, unless you want me to. Yes, this is exactly. And James just is looking at me going, are you fucking kidding me right now? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Did they think you were funny, though? I thought I was hilarious. But did they think you were funny? I have no... I think they were scared. I think I did better last night with Erica. Did they call for security? No. (laughs) No. I don't think they felt threatened, but they were seriously wondering what the hell I was. 
Um, but I did better with Erica last night. I think so. So I think so. Yeah, it'll happen. I have I have a bit. The, I, the biting? No. Oh. <laughs> I have a bit. I'm gonna. I I told you it. Um, about the bathroom. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And I think yeah. I'll do it for TikTok. But yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, Sex with Emily is a whole other thing that, and I sent you the link for yes, that I'm gonna podcast. Listening. It's it's I'm learning things. I'm learning lots now, of things. When you started listening to this, did you start the very beginning? Uh, of what I could find, yes. Um, I think she's been doing it for years, and it's not all on Google Podcasts that I listen to through. So I just started listening to whatever. She's usually got another person with her. Um, one guy named. Anderson and the other guy is like minus minus moon me 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 starts with an M and I can't remember it now um I can't remember how to say it minus I don't <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're like what's a penis <laughs> God, I don't think that's it <laughs> but he's got one I'm sure so I don't know now is Emily married no So, Emily, Emily doesn't even have a boyfriend, I don't think, right now, but, now, mind you, I don't know how far back these episodes go, so it's not, like, recent episodes. Oh, right, But I'm learning so much, like, I'm learning so much, like, sex toy-wise and what, I don't have any of them. I've never been a a girl like such, and now I'm interested in what's happening. I can't say, in case my brothers, Emery and Corey, are listening to this episode, I just can't say. You're just going to stay mum. Mum is the word for me. Mum. Mom is mum. Mm. Mom is mum during masturbation. Can't say that 14 can't times. Say, no. No. That's a great story. Can we talk about murder now? <laughs> segue into um our case we left off um stupid jamelski john jamelski and i mean if we're i only named it john jamelski i know we had talked about like john germs jamelski but i didn't want to give anything away and um i know we joked at the end of last time that we could call it like John Germs luther mm-hmm. something matthew matthew jamelski yeah but then I'm like, the next one might need more to it. So yeah, good point. Let's just go with John Jamelski. Um, so we left off. Uh, Barbara, we, right? We had Barbara. Yeah, and she had um, she had been let go, right, after 13 yeah. months. And uh, she did not. Um, she told her parents about what happened. But they didn't want to go to the police because Barbara was scared because Matthew said that his boss would come back for her. So yeah. she told her parents, unlike other victims, um, but she was like, we're not doing anything about this. So we are at August 30th, 1977. Oh, my brother Emory was born in 77. Oh, we're not in 77. We're in 97. I don't know why I said 77. Oh, we're in the 90s. <laughs> Let's just back, back that thing up. <laughs> I love that song. I know. Um, so, August 30th, 1997. During another drive through Syracuse, John came upon a woman walking alone. Of All these women are walking alone. Um, I think that... that don't walk don't alone. Don't walk alone. Get a dog. 
get get something. Get a friend. Um, so there was no one else around, of course. So he pulled up and asked her what her name was. He just blatantly just, what is your name? Tell me now. Yeah, right? <laughs> so Celeste had a hard time. So what now? Celeste. Oh, okay. okay. She had a hard time speaking English, but her and John seemed to be able to communicate well enough to start a conversation. Um, so Celeste moved closer to John's car, and that is when he grabbed her arm, pulled her inside, closed the door shut. He told her not to scream or he would kill her. Uh, he tied a white tube sock around her mouth and pushed her down to the floor. And then John later said he did not take her by force. How, what, what does he think force is? <laughs> what he did was force. I don't know. And I laugh because it's so absurd. It's, it's like when your son Ryan says something and I can't put it together in my head. You know, yeah. you just can't help but yeah. laugh. Like yes. you can't be that stupid. Yes. You, let's go through it. He grabbed her by the arm, pulled her inside, yes. closed the door, said, don't scream or I'll kill you. Tied I grab her by force. But she no. didn't take her by force. So he's taking her hostage to put her into a sex dungeon. So whether she got in willingly or not is really just a fraction of the issue here. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't take her by force. Grabbing her arm is not by force. Pulling her into a car, that's not by force. Whatever. Jamelski. Apparently tomato avocado. So from there, John took her to his mother-in-law's house. Oh. I know. Isn't this weird? Because why? He, he, he took one of the other victims to his own mom's house, remember? Yes. I don't know why he's taking them to a first location before taking them. It's very weird. Um, so apparently Dorothy's mom was in a nursing home, so that meant that house was empty. It was vacant. So he took Celeste into a bedroom where he stripped her down naked and then tied her to the bed. Now, this is new. He hasn't done this with anybody. So he threatened to pour liquid cleaner down her throat if she didn't stop screaming. That wasn't forceful. And then he raped her. <gasps> I wasn't surprised that you were going to say that, but it still makes me cringe every time. Every time I hear somebody say or do or whatever. I, I'm, nothing, he does nothing Consistent. the same. No. Right. There's no consistency. No. And it just feels like he's flying by the seat of his pants. So would he be considered a serial rapist, even though his pat he has no patterns? He has no patterns. No patterns. I have no idea. So before morning, he put her back into his car, covered her with an old rug that apparently he just had, and then drove her to his own home. Here's my question. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that he had to wait to get her to his house because Dorothy was probably awake, even though she's bedridden. What was she going to do? Well, I think he just doesn't want her to know. So maybe she's asleep now. He can keep the girl quiet. Maybe. Uh, that's, that's my That's the only thought. thing I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, you know where he took her. To the sex dungeon. Yep. So in there, he chained Celeste to the floor and then told her, scream all you want. Now no one will hear you. Great. So this time, 
he told his victim that his name was Steve. Luther. No, Lucius. Luther. Luther, Matthew, and now he's Steve. Yeah. John. Um, and, of course, we're continuing with this is a slave trade operation kind of thing. So, as it turns out, John was taking Viagra every day. And, therefore, he was in heat like a dog. All the time. All the time. So, for some reason, John decided to pour... He put a fake skeleton near the bed where Celeste slept. Why? Yeah. It was um, five feet tall. It hung on a rope that John had secured to the wall. He gave Celeste instructions. Okay. He told her to start taking bottle caps that he gave her and punching little holes in them and stringing them onto wire that he provided. Like bottle caps? Like the old Coca-Cola bottle caps? Like off a beer bottle? So I don't know if they were metal caps or if they were like plastic caps. From, like, water bottles. It didn't specify. Okay. So one or the it other. It could be one or the other. But then he's, like, giving her... It's just to keep her busy. And he didn't do this with anybody else. No. But he, he did not have give a shit. Barbara... Was it Barbara that had to keep the diary? Um, Or was it the first girl? It was, like... It was the first girl, but then it was also Barbara, I think. It was... I think it was she, Amy. But hers wasn't as detailed as... It's so much. That's... But when she had to urinate... When she urinated or something. But then there was, like, the TV and things like that. Yeah. So it's, like, nothing is consistent here. He's just, like, oh, you're bored? Here, have this. Yeah, it's so But weird. when he first started out, he didn't give a shit. She slept most of the time. So it's, like... What the what hell? What is going on? So on another occasion, he gave her, like, a box... Of a bunch of screws and nails that were all mixed together, and then he instructed her to separate them into, like, dozens of glass jars. So, so strange. Isn't that weird? Like, did he mix them together on purpose and was just like, here, have a project? Was he trying to get her to help clean out his garage and need organizing? Like, what is going on? I have no idea. So, Celeste was actually a strong girl. So... She was determined to survive. She decided to cooperate with him in hopes that he would let her go, right? So nine months later, in May of 1998, John told her she would be released and instructed her to pack up whatever things she wanted to take with her. Nothing. What? Well, she's not going to take anything. She. Uh, Can I have my clothes back? Yeah. You picked me up with nothing. What what is it I'm going to take? The glass jars of screws and nails. Here, buddy. Steve, can I take the skeleton with me? What? What? No. I don't know. What did he thought? No, he what did not think? I don't know. So after he took her upstairs into his house, he placed a blindfold on her so she couldn't see where she was going. So they got into his car and drove off. Less than an hour later, he left her at a Greyhound bus station in Syracuse, gave her $50, and took off. Huh. Yeah. So Celeste was not like the other teens he took. First of all, she wasn't even a teen. She looked young to John, but let's be honest here. He wasn't asking for IDs. And um, I am 37, and a lot of people mistake me for early 20s. So 
if you're not asking how old, he's usually attracted to teen girls. If she looked young, she looked young. How old was she? 53. <laughs> what? She looked young. She's Vietnamese. So Oh, oh, that explains a lot. And she that she yeah. was probably short. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, tiny built. Yeah. Tiny. Yes. Yeah. So and it's dark. Remember, he's getting her in the dark. So I'm sure it was just he just wanted a person. He got a person. So she went directly to the police to report what happened. Um, now I'm going to sit here and say that again, I, I used a book for this. Right. It's linked below. I cannot guarantee that Celeste is her real name. Um, but 53 years old is what Wikipedia says. I don't even know if that's true, but this is what we're going with. All right. She was significantly older than a teen. Bottom line is she was above 18 years of age. Right. And she was not a teenager like he thought. Yeah. Mind you, he's getting 14, 15, 16 year right. olds. Um, so at the Syracuse Police Department, detectives interviewed her and attempted to get all the information they could. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, because she's Vietnamese, um, there the was a language barrier. Yep. Yeah. Um, on top of the fact that she was fucking freaking out. Mind you, she just was let go out of being held hostage and all that nonsense for however many months. And so she's she's freaking out. So her information did not lead to John Jamelski. So what they could understand, detectives concluded that Celeste had been held against her will somewhere in the city of Rochester. Nope. Wrong. She described the suspect as a white male, about 45 years old, with a heavy build. Wrong. Uh, so now, mind you, language barrier and freaking out. This is what they took. Wow. So later, Celeste said that the police encounter went differently. Years later, when she spoke to reporters about that day, she said they screamed at me and they said they didn't believe me. They pounded on the table with their fists and said I was making up a story. Oh, my. Now... We'll never know. But her story isn't hard to go, we do we do this. This isn't anything new for us. We hear these stories all the time where police are like uh questioning the victim to the point of we don't believe you. So it's logical that that probably could have gone that way. Oh, yeah. But it's also logical that there's a language barrier. So, but I'm not going to say anything, and I'm not going to discount what she says is true, because I that that would be, like, victim blaming, and that would be, that be, like, us accusing her of being wrong, and I don't want to say that. So, nothing came, really, from this report, obviously. Um, so, that left John to go back to hunting. So, in 1999, Dorothy Jamelski died of cancer. Oh, wow. She held in there for a long time on that she bed rest. She did. Bed it was like 11 years. Yeah, that's a long time. So, John was distraught. Really? Yeah. So, he actually adopted part of a highway program through the state and dedicated it to his wife. Um, he, he missed her. So he went back to collecting cans and bottles for the Redemption Center and 
collection situation. Right. So, and then he was happy just doing that. Okay. So from 1999 until he got restless in 2001. And he started. Yeah. So three years later, he decided he needed to go get another victim. On May 1st, 2001, John found himself again in the same kind of cruising area. It was where he had gotten Amy in 1988. He saw a woman walking alone and something struck him. So he later said to reporters, as I drove by, I just saw her and she was my wife when my wife was 26. Oh my God. And she was 26 at the time. It was ironical. No, that's not a word. <laughs> that is not a word. Ironical. It was ironical. I did Google it, and Google kind of said, yes, you could use ironical, but I don't think anybody uses that. That's not That's not a word. And now that John Jamelski uses it, it is not a word. It is not a word. So 26-year-old Denise had just moved to the Syracuse area from Albany, New York. When John pulled up and asked her if she wanted a ride, she was actually high on LSD. Is that acid? That's acid, right? I have no idea. I've never. Oh, I've never. I've never even smoked pot. Okay. Well, I mean, I've smoked pot. I've never even been drunk. I have been drunk. Um, I don't do that often. I hate the feeling of being out of control, but same. It does turn out that for me. Okay. Well, the song um, "Tequila Makes Her Close Fall Off" is a thing. Song. Okay. I had two shots. <laughs> I had two shots, and then I no longer wanted my dress on. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. No longer wanted that on, and it was coming off. (laughs) Maybe I need to take some shots. I have some Hennessy in the cabinet. And that is when my daughter looked at me, and I asked her who she was. And she said, I'm your daughter, and I came out of your area. And I went, you know about my area? This is the story I was fed the next day by my daughter. I love you, T. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, LSD, acid, that's not I think that's acid, yeah. It's nothing I've done. Uh, so the weather was actually super rainy and cold, um, and the neighborhood they were in was not the greatest. So Denise thought she would be okay with John. So she and John spent the next few hours driving around. He didn't make her get down? No. Oh. He gave her beer to drink. Um, that's something that I keep in my car, too. Yeah, you know, everybody (laughs) just does that. So, um, and mind you, 2001. Like, at this point, you're not supposed to have open containers in the car. No, it's pretty pretty illegal. Yeah, that's not what you're supposed to do. So they just talked while she drank. Um, John later said that they talked about everything under the sun. He also commented on the fact that she had the cutest dimple on her cheek. Disgusting. I hate this man. He makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Yeah. And then rub it on my face. Well, I don't want to do that. I would just either <laughs> swallow it or spit it back out. Spit it out. I've done that before. I've swallowed it. Yeah. Um, I was in the middle of class. Um, Denise, on the other hand, did not know how long they were actually in the car. No, so, she was intoxicated. Right. She, she was drunk and high. and high. She had no idea. She could have been flying through the clouds like yeah. grease. I mean, she had no fucking idea. Right. So 
she was drunk, obviously, by the time that he got her to his home. And all she did remember was his garage. Why? She's like, there was a garage. <laughs> oh, that's super helpful. Thanks. So, I know right where you mean. Yeah, the garage. Right? I know. That's all. I know. But that really just goes to prove, like, she was Out not. Yeah, she. Yeah. There was a garage. <laughs> that's it. That's all I know. So when she did come to, she was in a cold, dark place, naked. Chained to the floor? Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to assume so. The book didn't say, but I'm going to assume so. I think that's the because only. Because that's one thing that is consistent. That's they literally all... the only thing. But can we, this is the first time that he has not taken. Her clothes? No. He, he took her straight home. Oh, he yeah, didn't he take didn't her to anywhere else. So when he Maybe came it's down, because Dorothy. Oh, asked. it's probably because Dorothy's not there anymore. Yeah, he yeah. didn't have to. So when John came by later, he did turn the lights on. He told her that she couldn't leave and no one could help her. Did he give her a fake name? Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, okay. I think he did. Um, and then he said that she would never see her family again. Because he was going to sell her on the internet for $30,000. That is so, so precise. <laughs> like, where did you pull that number from? He's like, so here's the deal. I'm going to sell you on the internet for $30,000. Okay. You cool? As if he was looking for her permission. Yeah, he's just like, hey, so here we are. This is what's going on. Just thought you should know. Be prepared. Naked, naked girl in my cold sex dungeon. Uh, $30,000 is what you're worth. Oh, my God. That's so, gross. so in the dungeon, just like the girls before her, Denise was in the dark most of the time because he's controlling the lights. However, when the lights were on, she could see graffiti on the walls. Oh. So she saw female names and concluded that they must have been from, like, the girls who were there before her. Uh, she began to hear screaming. Ah! You know, I'm sure it didn't sound like that. But oh God, I was so scared. <laughs> but it was muffled, so ah! you know what I mean? She's hearing this all the time. So she thought there were other girls in the house. Is she hallucinating still? Nope. It, <laughs> no. It turns out that John actually was playing recordings of screams in order to keep up the ruse that others were in the house. Oh, my And God. to keep her. Scared. Yep. So that she would submit. Oh, my God. It's just like one more thing. Who thinks of these things? Where did he get that? Where do you get muffled screaming sounds? Did he get that from the internet? Probably a porn. Oh, my God. So he did stick with the same call story. That's just another thing that he does so gross. the same. But this time, he showed Denise a badge, a police badge, to prove that the police were a part of the cult. So in terror, she began pounding on the walls until her hands were, like, raw and bleeding. Because, oh, remember, it's concrete. Yeah. So I have a quote from when she was on Larry King about wanting to fight back because she wanted to fight back against him. And this is in the book. Um, but she said, I tried to the point where I was so mad. I wanted to kill him. Then I realized there was that there was combination locks on the doors. And the only one who knew the combination was him. 
So if I knocked him out and killed him, I'm going to be stuck down there with a dead body and probably no chance of ever getting out again. Oh, so smart. Seriously, because... I would have never thought of that. I never would have thought never. of that. And then I would have been like, well, shit, now I have a dead body. Like, You're going to die in there. Nobody yeah. can bring you food or nothing. That is literally so smart. So Denise was different, okay? She, she was different from all the other girls. She was feisty and clearly smart. Smart, yeah. So as it turns out, she was a mother of two small children. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, but she was on LSD? Well... Yeah. Oh. I mean, there are those parents out there. But she did beg him to let her go for their sake. So John, however, to see, he he was getting sick of her just not cooperating. You don't say. <laughs> so it was like less than two months after she was abducted when he came into the dungeon one night in July, put a hooded sweatshirt on her backwards so that when she put the hood up, it, it would cover her face. face. Um, he let her out. Near his car, he handcuffed her, put her in the vehicle. She actually thought at that moment, like, he was taking her to kill her. Yeah, I would have too. I would have been petrified. They drove for 20 minutes. She felt the car stop. She heard the door open. He untied her, told her to step out, and then he drove away. She was left in front of her mom's house in Bridgeport, New York. What? How does he know where his her mom lives? He's picking her up on the side of the road in another neighborhood. How does he know? How did he know she lived there? I, I can't imagine she gave him any information because she wanted to fight back. She was not cooperating. Isn't that insane? Like, is he doing some weird deep dives? I have no That's idea. That's so creepy. I'm wondering if he's... Um, Scoping these girls out before he gets done? He has to be. Listen, I drive through neighborhoods just not creepy like him. But I, I live I live in neighborhoods. We all live in neighborhoods, right? We're not out in the middle of nowhere. Um, even here in your neighborhood. Like, I don't know if I ever see just ran, a random person walking alone. Like, how is he just, I, I'm going to go out hunting. And he randomly finds a person alone every single time in the neighborhood that he chooses. I feel like walking alone is more common in cities. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, he's on, like, he's on the outskirts of Syracuse a lot. That's true. But how is he just choosing the right neighborhood at that moment? That's my question. Yeah, we're missing a little bit of information somewhere, I think. Because I just don't get it. So, anyway, police have been looking for Denise. So, her family had reported her missing to the Onondaga County Sheriff's Office back in May of 2001. So, Detective Jack Schmidt of the Abused Persons Unit, he was in his 27th year when he was assigned this case. Hmm. So, he never expected to hear a story like this. This is not what he thought this case was going to be. So, two months after rape and captivity, a strange balding man who imprisoned her in a concrete dungeon with little food and little water. This is the story he's given by Denise. So, Denise described her suspect as being a white male, 45 to 50 years old, 5 feet 8 inches tall, gray hair, birthmark on his forehead. Oh. Um, so, 
here's the problem. Victims tend to lie, I guess, or omit some information, I guess, about things like this. So Detective Schmidt actually found it hard to fully trust her. Um, He didn't ignore her claims. I want to make that clear. He just thought that perhaps she wasn't either telling the entire truth or because it's such a crazy story. Sex dungeon. Do you know what I mean? Like concrete rooms bread boxes with a thing on top and a little bit graffitis on the wall that sounds crazy are you sure you weren't being kept in a sewer like yeah i can see why somebody would say oh don't know about that screaming from the other room like yeah it sounds very far questionable yeah very questionable yeah so denise's story didn't sound familiar to anybody at the station Celeste had reported her story to the city of Syracuse police, not to the Onondaga County Sheriff's Office. So therefore, the stations, they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So the police tried hard to figure something out. They looked up reports to see if anybody else had reported something that coincided. Nothing. They took her out to the streets to find the home where she said she was being held captive at. Nothing. They showered Showered. Showed. They showed her a book of mugshots. Nothing. But he wouldn't have been in there. Yeah. Right. But the police don't know that. Right. So, again, John was not on the radar. So, in October of 2002, Ellen, a 16-year-old girl, she was born and raised in Syracuse. She had run away from home plenty of times. She was actually out of control. She dropped out of school. She was now in foster care. She was hanging out with friends on the front porch of a house. Okay. It was about 2 a.m. She was getting ready to go home for the night when a car pulled up. So that car was driven by John. Of course it was. He asked the girls, do you like to party? (laughs) So John invited Ellen to go for a ride. I think this is the only time that there were other people around. She was with friends. Um, Ellen, Ellen is the only one that went, um, he had asked if she wanted a ride and to possibly make money. So she agreed and got in the car. Of course she did. They drove around for a while and then ended up back at his house. I don't know why they drove around. I don't know what happened during that drive. As far as I know, there wasn't like here, drink alcohol, nothing. It was just driving around. Maybe he was just trying to like get her to feel comfortable with him. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure. So this time, and I'm just going to apologize to you right now, okay? This time, John said his name was Andrew and that she could make a lot of money if she would pose nude and let him take photographs of her. Why do kidnappers always do that? I don't know. Why, why, why is it, why is that the go-to? Um, not just kidnappers, uh, murderers, serial killers, Dahmer people. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. I d- what in their mind makes them go there? Just automatically, I'll give you money, let me take pictures of you. At this point, um, PSA from here, us here allegedly, if anybody offers you money to take pictures of you, don't do it. I mean, if you offered me money to take pictures of me, I would totally do that. That's but I different. Know you. But you know me. <laughs> 
if a stranger offers you some strange person you've never met them before, I don't care if they show you a portfolio. Yeah. Do not do it. Don't do it. So, Ellen, flat out, nope, we're not doing that. That was not her kind of thing. Good. So, John went on to say that he was in a business in which he sold nude photos of women to people overseas. I don't understand that business. I don't know what that means. Is it a pornography-like thing? That That's what that would be. That's illegal. Um, and I, she was 16, so that would be like... That's very illegal. Child pornography. Why didn't... That's I a just, federal offense. That's, that's, that's big, big, big no-no. And then selling it? That's even more of a big no-no. He said that his boss controlled everything... He did, and he had to do what he was told. <laughs> He's like, I just got to do what I'm told. I'm I'm in this business. I just do what I'm told. I get the coffee when they say get the coffee. I get the photos when they say get the photos. <laughs> I just don't get it. So somehow, as he spoke, he was actually able to not only lead Ellen to the basement, like they were just chatting. She's going in willingly at this point, I guess you could say. He has not drugged her. He has not hurt her. He led her there under false pretenses. She doesn't know that, right? She's following him into his home, into the basement. He's not forcing her. I want to make that clear. But wouldn't it be, like, for me, once I went down into that basement, I may have, I may have walked into the basement willingly, but once I saw that I had to crawl through a hole to get to yeah, the let's next get room. So... No. He actually got her to follow him through the tunnel and into the dungeon. She. So it was when she was in the second room, she could also see the graffiti that said, bring on the pain. And that's when she knew she had been tricked and was now being held captive. So for the first few days of her being there, he had fed her crackers and Kool-Aid. Yum, what a combo. It's like for the first week, that's what he did. So it was on the fourth day that he began having sex with her. You mean raping her. Correct. And then he explained that his business required him to report all the details of his sexual acts to his boss. Because we're still doing that. So. Oh, my God. So they actually had to discuss, like, how many times they had sex her performance during the act, whether or not he and his boss were satisfied with her. No, I don't want to talk about any of that. Isn't that weird? It's gross. He said the only way she could ever be released is if his boss was satisfied with how well she was performing. So how well a 16-year-old performs sexually is what will get her released from captivity. What got her into captivity? Like, <laughs> I was just a person on the side of the road. How did I get here? But I have to perform well to get out. So we're training you to be awesome at sex, and then we'll let you go. That's disgusting. But what about the over-the-seas thing? I've got so many questions. None of this makes any sense. But I guess when you're dealing with teenagers who do not have minds that are fully developed, it doesn't need to make sense. Right? It doesn't need to make sense then. I know you're laughing just because your son's an idiot. So, (laughs) I love him. 
But so anyway, he made her keep a calendar. Of course he did. With notations. But this time she also had to keep track of TV habits and when she used the toilet. What happens when she gets her period? That's a question for all of these. Yeah. Except for maybe the 52-year-old. I don't know how when menopause strikes. But. Right. But so all these other girls, when was he giving them? Yeah, now, I know they gave, he gave them hygiene products like toothbrush and toothpaste, right? But was he giving them stuff? Or were they just bleeding all over the damn place? Yeah. I don't know. Was he having sex with them during that time? Oh, my God. I don't know, but have you ever had sex when you're on your period? I just went into a, huh? Have you ever had sex when you're on your period? No, I don't think I have because oh. I find that gross. It is gross, it, but it feels gross. Okay, okay, but that's, we're getting back into sex with Emily. That's, I just went through that's that. That's a different. That's a different thing. Um, so he also took photos of her when she was naked. Of course he But, did. you know, sending them overseas. He began showing her pictures of other nude girls, though. I don't, what was the purpose of that? Why? I don't know. So one of them was actually a girl with blonde hair wearing a little mermaid mask. Oh. He told her that he was posting the girl's photo on the internet to see if somebody would buy her. Oh. That's not okay. Everything about this is just not okay. Everything about this is just god awful. Yeah. So, <clears throat> he started playing the screaming, the muffled screaming, mm-hmm. um, and he told her the cult story and that it involved police, right? He did show her the badges, but now he also showed her police police hats oh. to prove. What does that prove? It proves that the police are in on it, or at least he's hoping that it proves that there's police in on that it. That she'll buy it. It worked. Ellen was fucking terrified out of her mind. He explained that cops had killed people in the past and would kill again if any of them, including him, were arrested. So it's the 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 ruse is still the same. Like, this is a gigantic sex call. We're selling girls. We're doing this. You're screwed. Right. You're yeah. screwed, though, because nobody's going to help you because the police are in on it. Yeah. So they're not going to help you. Politicians won't help you. Nobody's going to help you because they're all doing it. They're all gonna, if we're caught, they're going to stick up for me, and right. this so, will go nowhere. So that's why he's got, I have no idea where he got these police badges. They're probably fake ones from, like, the dollar store. I'm you know sure. what I mean? I'm sure. Um, but again, yeah. you've terrified a girl already, so who's to say what? Although police badges nowadays, fake ones, look real. They do. It's crazy. They do. So I'm sure it would not take much to be like, this yeah. is real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. However, let's just go back for a moment to the first, to the first episode, okay? Uh, to the first part of this John Jamelski stuff. Remember when he was in a relationship with Debbie, yeah. the 16-year-old girl, and he decided that relationships were just not his thing? Yeah. Right? Okay. So the more he kept Ellen... The more he began to feel a true emotional attachment towards her. Huh, I wonder why Ellen. Well, as it turns out, all the girls that he took, he thought were like his girlfriends. But Ellen was a little bit more than, it was more, it was more, it was stronger. So, 
This actually resulted in Ellen building a friendly and trusting relationship with John. She used this to her advantage. So he trusted her so much that he let her out of the dungeon. (gasps) Yeah. He allowed her to not only explore the house, but to like go outside under his supervision. Wow. I know. So now he's treating her as his girlfriend, which he didn't even want relationships in the first place. Right. They were too tedious. Um, Apparently what he thinks he needs... (laughs) Oh he, he needs anything. he needs to force somebody to be his girlfriend. I think I think just like okay, you and I are in a relationship now. We're building this relationship. That's too tedious for him. He just needs it to be forced. But finding a way to kidnap somebody and rape them and create this elaborate ruse is not tedious. But that is what he said when he was done with Debbie, remember? He would just rather kidnap somebody and have sex with them and possibly pay them for it, right? So that was his thing. Okay, but he didn't need to kill anybody. He could just hire a prostitute. This, let me tell you, this sounds like so much more work. <laughs> so much more work. Like, mounds of more work. I would rather just get into a relationship. Yes! <laughs> Granted, he likes the young girls. So maybe that's the problem here? Like, getting a young girl to fall in love with you without kidnapping her and forcing her into it. Brainwashing but- her. Like, Maybe that's the problem. Celeste, she was not young, but she looked young. She could have found a girl that looked young, but was not young. I don't know what's going on here. He doesn't either. He doesn't know either. I don't know. So, Ellen, he treated Ellen like this was a relationship. So it's just, it's the weirdest thing. But I just need to put a PSA out there. Okay. Another one. Teenage girls do not want to be kidnapped <laughs> or paid for sex that you demand from them. Right. And they certainly don't want to be in a relationship with you and your old man shriveled up raisin penis. <laughs> okay. John Germs. Luther, Matthew, Andrew, Jamelski. They don't want that. You forgot Steve. 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 Do you know what that's from? No. (laughs) No. That was not me getting erratically excited. I thought you were excited about the name Steve. (laughs) I'm going to have to show it to you. The groundhog. The groundhog, where he's, oh, that's, that's horrible. Why? (laughs) Groundhog's Day? No. So there's this. Okay, no. So there's this animal, there's this weird animal thing. Okay. It sounds worse than it is. It's just animals in the wild where people are pretending they're talking, like the animals are talking, right? Yeah, yeah. And I find it funny. So it starts out with this big bird that's black, okay? And he covers his head and he's like, nighttime, daytime. Oh, yeah, okay, right? yeah, okay. Well, there's there's a groundhog that pops up and he's calling for this person. Steve, 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 Steve. And then he realizes he's got the wrong name. And this is unfortunate because then he realizes the name and he goes, Ellen, Ellen. Oh! Are you serious? I'm dead serious. 
and oh my god i i love this video and there's like multiple videos out there because some of it has part of this one some of it has part of this one but it's oh so my funny and so now when i hear steve i see it's so funny i'm so sorry this has gone off somewhere that <laughs> we need to bring it back we need to bring, bring it back. back to the old man shriveled up rain rain Raisin, raisin penis. <laughs> that you got a little excited about that raisin penis. Huh? I really like raisins, <laughs> just not in penis form. I hate raisins. The food, <laughs> raisins. I do. I really like them. They're delicioso. Okay. Anyway, Ellen played it cool. All right. So she got so much of John's trust. That he ended up taking her places. Oh. Like, out and about. So he took her with him to the grocery store. Oh, wow. They went bowling. They played pool in Syracuse. He took her to the bank, McDonald's, the post office. They were just out, like a couple. Just having the time of his life with her. Did she forget that she was kidnapped? No, she did not. But she's just trying to keep it cool and keep his trust. How long do you do that for before you... I have no idea. So, she was just keeping her wits, which I... (sighs) Tara's 16. I don't know if she'd be able to pull this off. No. She'd cry far too much. Yes. Um, So, when they were out, he actually made her, like, stay close to him. Um, but she was allowed to talk to other people and she never tried to run or ask for help. She was just trying to keep, keep that, keep him almost brainwashing him. Him and reverse psychology. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So there's actually a story that sticks out to me that I read in this book. So in March, 2003, you're graduating that year. Yeah. I would have turned 18. Isn't that crazy? Same. I graduated June 10th, 2003. Okay, so I graduated in 2004. Yeah, I was held back in sixth grade, whatever. Um, it's Deborah's fault. Uh, anyway, um, this is like, it's so weird to think this, I mean, of course, to me, 2003 was just like yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I know. I don't know yeah. how we're I don't know how I don't, 2023 I don't know year. how. I'm, I had three kids. Why? I don't when? know how I'm 37. It's the craziest thing. I don't know how we wait, got there. Wait, wait. What? You're not 37. I'm 37. You're 37. No. You're no. older than me. No. Shut your face by by a week or week right. or two. We, a week. We Ish. are going to be 37. This no, year. we are going to be 38 this year. What? Do you need to do the math? Do you need to do the math? <laughs> I'm not lying to you. I know how old okay. I am. We were born in 1985. But I just had a conversation with my classroom teacher, who, who whose aide I am, and her birthday was just this past Thursday. And she was like, oh, I, I'm turning 37 today. And I said, oh, I'm turning 37 in March. You lied I to lied. her. You straight up lied to her. So what's your calculator say? They're mathematical. I'm I'm going to be 38. Yes, you are going to be 38. Welcome to 38. I'm so old. I'm so old. Oh, my God. I just, I love that you're so old you forgot your age. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I really thought I I know was you're turning... dead serious. I, 
I thought like I just melted you or something because I, I told you you're going to be 37 and you looked at me like that was the most absurd thing you've ever heard. What happened? Why are you no missing idea. a year of your life? What happened? Did you not celebrate your birthday? Oh, no. I, so, I celebrate my birthday all month long. Same. So I don't, I don't know. I'm going to just constantly remind you this next year when we turn 38 that you're 38. What's going to happen when you hit 40? We're two years away from that. Oh, my God. My brother Emery's birthday was just this past Friday on the 13th. He was 46. You know his age, but you don't know your own. He was born in 77. Right. I remember. Yes. Okay. Anyways. So, March 2003, he takes Ellen to Freddy's Bar and Grill. Mind you, she still thinks... Now, here's here's where I'm confused. If you're taking her out and about, how does she not find out your name is John? Because... Exactly. Aren't... Don't people know you? Like... Or, like, don't you have, like, a bit... Like, you have to sign receipts and he's stuff? He's like, John. No, that's not me. I'm Andrew. I'm not John. That's my twin brother, John. I'm like, I don't understand how that works. I think if I were to kidnap somebody, which I'm not going to do, but if I kidnap somebody and I'm like, yeah, no, my name's Amanda. But then we go out and they're like, hey, Ashley. No, no, no. That's not me. That's not me. That, the 16-year-old go, huh, what's your name there? Yeah. Good point. Good point. I just, I don't understand. Something is not clicking here. So he took her to Freddy's Bar and Grill. Which is a bar in town in Mattydale, which is like 20 minutes from John's house. It sits like right above Syracuse, practically. Mm -hmm. So it's known as a bar where they do karaoke, kind of like Mary's Bar down the street, right? Yeah. Ellen wanted to get on stage and sing. She apparently was feeling this. Uh, John was hesitant. Andrew? John? I don't know. He was hesitant. But he agreed as long as she, like, stayed near him. So I'm assuming he stood, like, near the stage. Yeah. Uh, Cindy, the woman who ran the karaoke, saw that John and Ellen were together, noticed it was an odd pairing, but didn't say anything. She said they stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, because he's old and wrinkled up and she's young and, you know. Yeah. She said that it made her feel uneasy. But she was not aware of, like, any issue between the two. She didn't know the situation. Um, Maybe she thought they were just relatives. I don't know. Again, we're taking a child to a bar, so I know far too much about that. Yeah. Um, But Ellen didn't seem, she seemed at ease with this man. So she didn't seem to be in distress. Cindy left it alone. So Ellen ended up singing three songs. Wow. Yeah, so she really wanted to do this. She was into it. Um, And then her and John went home. And then a month later, on Sunday, April 8th, 2003, which, by the way, was my grandmother's birthday, since we like to call out birthdays. (laughs) I feel like we do that. We do that. Um, So John had collected an absurd amount of cans that he had to take back for redemption. They weren't ones he was keeping. So FM... F-M Returnables was John's favorite store to do business with. Okay. It was 12 minutes, like, southeast in the village of Manlius. Manlius? Manilis? Oh! (laughs) I don't know why I said (laughs) Manlius. 
it is a manless town. Um, if only. <laughs> hey, that's where all the lesbians are. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to call the town and ask. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, manless, manless. Manlius, would you Manillus. Manillus. Like manila folders. But spelled differently. Manillus. Manillus. Interesting. Yeah. I won't remember that. No, definitely we're just gonna stay with manless. <laughs> I like that. So he 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 loaded up. His comet, right, with all of the bottles and cans, grabbed Ellen from the dungeon. Oh, she's back in the dungeon now? Yeah, he keeps her down there. He doesn't want her to run. Apparently, he doesn't trust her that much. Um, And they headed to go return bottles. So, like, yeah, I don't understand. This is weird. I don't understand. This is so weird. I don't understand. Like, he trusted her to an extent, but not enough to keep her. Dude, I sang karaoke at a bar. Didn't try to run. We went bowling. I still got to sleep in this dungeon? Like, what? I guess maybe he's like, at least I know she can't get out of there. Because what if she could, like, all the knives are upstairs. Why take her at all to return the bottles and cans? Why not just leave her? I don't know. Because it's his girlfriend. (laughs) I'm really going to tell James, like, I'm returning cans and bottles. You have to go with me. It's it's what girlfriends and boyfriends do. (laughs) We... We redeem. We took the pointers from Andrew Jamelski. We redeem things. <laughs> I don't know why he took her. Maybe he just needed her help. He's like, maybe I've got... we just don't know anything because he he loaded up the car himself. He doesn't need her help unloading it. What What does he need? Her I think he the... just wants to show her off. We'll get there. Hopefully, this gets him in trouble because. So the worker in the store that day was Terry. Carn cross. Terry being a girl or a boy? Because girl. Okay, because I. It took me a moment place. to figure it out too, okay. and you'll see why. So this is actually interesting. Just remember the name Carn Cross. So remember when I said back in episode part one uh-huh. um, that the man who poured the concrete for the bunker had toured it later. Yeah. Okay. What I did not tell you was his name. Oh, what was his name? Jamie Carn Cross. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So, Jamie Carncross had helped John make the dungeon 15 years earlier. Hello? Do you realize he's had this sex dungeon for 15 years? I can't believe it's been that long already. The the bomb shelter is what he was calling it at that point. He's gotten away with this for so long. So, how did his children not catch on? Brian, right? Let's yeah. can we talk about that one? Like, he's the one that's close with his father. He's the one that drove him and one of the girls to... To the airport. Like, and he was just... Yeah. Oh, her parents needed her to lose weight, and I'm just helping her with that. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, how did you meet her family? I don't understand. I would have had so many And Brian's questions. also the one that didn't mention it to his brothers, didn't mention it to his mother. He was just like, oh, okay, yeah, that yeah, makes that's, sense. Yeah, that's believable. And she's blindfolded for what reason? And you have to sit with her in the back? I don't know. <laughs> So I'm a little skeptical, Brian. I'm not saying that he was involved, but hello. Yeah. You love your dad a little too much, okay? Because you are just accepting. So, of course, Jamie didn't know that it was going to be a sex dungeon. No, no. When you tell somebody it's a bomb shelter and it looks like a bomb shelter. Terry is Jamie's wife. Oh. 
And it turns out that Jamie and Terry became friends with John and Dorothy. I don't know what kind of friends, like, come over every Sunday for dinner kind of friends or just, like... You know, you how, about, oh, hey, how are you? Right. You know? Or is it just like he thinks they're friends? Because maybe they're kind of like my ex husband who yeah, thinks if you look at him, Deli- we're besties, besties now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So it was actually this day, however, that Ellen decided she was going to take her chance. Mm. So while John was redeeming models, Ellen said that she was going to use the phone to call a local church about when their services were for that day. Because remember, it's Sunday. So I'm not sure if, like, her and John, Andrew, attended church together or if they had been talking about going to church together because he seemed okay with this. He was just like, yeah, okay. So they must have been, like, talking about it or they must have done it. That's the only thing. Because otherwise that seems like in a left field. Right. Yeah, he would have been like, church, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. But no, he was like, okay, yeah, go do that. So instead of calling a church... She called her sister Veronica. Apparently, this was back in the day when people remembered other people's phone numbers. I was literally just going to say, how'd she know a phone number? Wow. I know. We're at that age. Because we're 37. So, anyway, Ellen was whispering. And Veronica couldn't understand her. Uh, so, Veronica could hear a man in the background and asked Ellen, can you call me back? Veronica gave her sister her cell number before ellen quickly hung up now that part's a little confusing to me like she called you she knows your number unless she didn't call the maybe she called the home number i don't know um that is we were still in transition there when people still had more landlines and whatnot so i don't know so when veronica looked at her id on the phone it said fm returnables so she called the number back and spoke with an employee. Now, I don't know if that employee was Terry. I'm assuming there were other employees there. Yeah. So Veronica said her sister was just there with an older man and had heard they were going to be going to a car dealership. Okay. So the employee then called the police. They responded within minutes. Good. Okay. After interviewing the worker at the store, police concluded that the couple had planned to go to Fayetteville Dodge. They were already gone when the police got there. Ah. A dealership, the dealership was just a little ways from the redemption center. So it wasn't like across town. It was not far. So the police raced over to the dealership where they did find John and Ellen near the comet. Okay. So as soon as the police approached them, Ellen began yelling and crying and saying, thank you. Thank you for saving my life. And then she ran into the arms of a female officer who had no idea what was going on. They had no idea what the real situation was here. Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Ellen quickly told the police that she had been held prisoner in Andrew's house for the past six months and he was raping her every day. Police took John into custody without resistance. He just calmly told the off. Huh? Wow. That's surprising. Isn't it? Yeah. He calmly told the uh, elephants. I almost said elephants. (laughs) That would have made for a really interesting story. (laughs) (laughs) He is delusional. Uh, He calmly told the officers that Ellen had been living with him for months after he met her in Syracuse. And that she had come home willingly with him. 
Uh, John spoke with Manilis. Yep. That's not right. How are you spelling it? M-A-N-L-I-U-S. Minlius. M- M-A-N-L-I-U-S. Oh, Manlius. Man- Man- Manlius. Manlius. All right. Well, John. Man, man, that one. The man. Manless. Um, So John spoke with the police officer, Brian Damon, and said, quote, you ready? We're going to do a lot of quotes here because, quote, is this a problem that I'm so much older than her? I'd just like to get this straightened out so I can go home. I'd like to be with her tonight if possible. We are also planning on going to my 50th high school reunion together. I can't wait. Everyone's going to be like, wow, John, look at you two. That's great. So he admitted that his name was John? Yeah. I think he wanted a teenage girl to make himself look better. Like. He went about the wrong way. He's fucking crazy. Yeah. He has no idea. So, while he was begging to be with his uh, girlfriend, Ellen, Ellen was talking as quickly as possible to get the story straight. So, they went in separate vehicles with police. John went on about Ellen and his relationship with her. Okay? He said that he was planning a big birthday party for Ellen in May. Her family was invited. Many of her friends would be there. They could easily check to see if that's true. Has he really been talking to her parents? No. He casually told officers that he did not want to marry Ellen because he did that once in his life and did not want to do it again. I wish people in my life had that same... (laughs) Thing happening. Okay. Okay. He also said that he knew she would find someone her own age one day and that would be fine with him. But right now he just wanted her to have fun with him. But how old is she? 16. It's illegal. He likes to sell things like he's doing the greater good of everybody. He's not. He's a fucking guy. I'm saving this girl from getting fat because her parents asked me to. I'm doing whatever, you know? Yeah. I feel like he believes this. Yes, he does. He's fucking delusional. Yeah, that's gross. So in the other vehicle on the way to the station, Ellen spoke about the dungeon. She couldn't give an address. But she spoke about the dungeon. Why couldn't she give an address? She's been out in the car with him. Okay, but she's also 16. Maybe this is a place that she hasn't seen. Remember, this is a main road. Like, think of Route 12. How often do you see a street name for Route 12? Good point. Okay. Yeah. So we we know it as Front Street down at part. But the other part is Route 12. So she sees, okay, 7070. It's also known as Highbridge Road. Right. But maybe she's not seeing those signs. Um, so maybe all she knows is 7070. Um, True. So the police were headed towards 
the headquarters using State Route 92. Yeah. Ellen was looking out the window when she screamed, That's the house! <laughs> oh, snap! So, finally, police spoke with Onondaga County Sheriff's Office, where they had a report from Celeste. Lo and behold... The story Ellen told was the same that was told to Detective Schmin. 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 What's that? Schmin. <laughs> Detective Schmidt by Denise. Denise, that's right. Right. Denise. So after hearing about the screaming in the home, the police were worried that more women were being held captive. There. You don't say. Right. So police decided to enter John's home without a search warrant. Is that legal? Yes, actually. So the law actually allows this when pressing matters exist. Okay. In okay. this case, the pressing matter would be people's lives are in danger. Yeah. Okay. We have yeah. the person so we can go in. So they kicked in the front door, and after a brief search of the ground level, they descended into the basement. So they were guided by Ellen's description. They quickly located the entrance door to the dungeon behind a set of shelves in the east side of the basement. Okay. The door was unlocked and open, of course, because Ellen's not in there. Yeah. Uh, they went in, searched. Nobody else was found. Detective Schmidt, who was uncertain if Denise's story was true, had this to say about the dungeon. The moment I saw it, a chill went through me from my head to my toes. I knew that it was all true. I'm telling you that that whole damn nightmare that Denise had told me months before from beginning to end flashed before my eyes in a second. I just got chills. Yeah, look at his heart. Oh, it that's horrible. It's probably him going. Remember how, when we talked about Dahmer and people could have been saved yeah. if if the police did this yeah. at this time. Yep. If the police did it because they had plenty of time. This is probably that. where he's like, yeah. this never would have happened to this poor girl if I would have taken that report seriously. But mind you. Nobody knew an address. Nobody knew how to get there. Denise didn't know how to get there. She was not like Ellen. She was blindfolded a lot of time. So he, they wouldn't have been able to find him. The other police from Onondaga County Sheriff's, they thought it was in Rochester. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. I think he's putting a little too much on himself. He was one that believed more. He just thought she was omitting some information yeah. or lying about some information. Right. Um. But there was nothing. He I could have done differently. No. He could not have still, saved. I think that says a lot about his moral character, that he felt so badly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, later on, John told a reporter that he did not think he was going to be in much trouble. <laughs> okay, buddy. You're he funny. He said that he did not consider any of the girls as being kidnapped. What would you call it? <laughs> he said... <laughs> He said he knew he did something wrong, maybe just unlawful imprisonment. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. He also told the reporter that he was going to get away with, you know, some hours of community service. No. No, buddy. No. No. He is fucking delusional. No, he's psycho. He's He's got something crazy. He's got a screw loose. Yeah, he's got a couple of them. So, over the next few months... Oh, maybe they're in the jars that What's-Her-Name had to separate into... Probably. Probably. Those came straight out of his head. Yes. Um, so over the next few months, while evidence was collected, because there had to be, this was massive. I'm sure. Let's remember, this dungeon was made 
15 years before. Your boobs are still there. Oh, no, I keep feeling like I have a hair. Oh, I, I can't hate figure that. <laughs> 15 years before. This is 15 years worth of evidence because yeah. after Debbie, this is the reason he made the dungeon for the girls. So this is 15 years of stuff. So it was very apparent to John and his lawyers that this case was going to be big. Yeah. And powerful evidence was here. So District Attorney William Fritz Patrick informed the members of the defense team that he would be seeking the maximum penalty for their client, which was a sentence of 25 years to life on each of the five most serious charges of kidnapping in the first degree. Good. So John was also being charged with like dozens of other sexual offenses as well, and he faced life in prison without parole. Good. Okay. All five year, all five year, all five of the girls said they wanted to testify, but they did not want to talk about what had happened publicly. Like they wanted to help out, but they didn't want to do it publicly. And I'm sure that on some level it's terrifying for the teenagers. Um, but mind you, some of these girls slash women um, were not taken seriously. So... I can see how they're going to be like, I don't really want to do this in front of everybody. So Onondaga County Judge uh, Anthony Alloy, which is what we're going to call him because it's A-L-O-I, Alloy. Okay. Um, He encouraged both sides to come to an agreement. Which was? So the DA offered a sentence of 18 years to life with the stipulation that John would provide full disclosure of his assets to be sold off to compensate the victims for their suffering. So he would also receive a chance at parole. No. John agreed. And on June 11th, 2003, all parties appeared in the county court in downtown Syracuse. It turns out that none of the victims showed up to court because they didn't, they wanted to stay out of the public eye. Right. I don't blame them one bit. Nope, me either. Because people are trashy and people will go, somehow it's the girl's fault. Yeah, of course. You know, like, they would probably chastise Ellen for trying to gain his trust. Yeah, for sure. Because people are just crappy people. So when John entered the court, he was actually seen, like, scanning the room with his eyes. Like, was looking, looking all, all yeah. over. Yeah. He was actually, because he's fucking crazy and delusional, he was actually said later, he said he was looking for Ellen. Uh, he had hoped she would be there to say her final goodbye to him. No, you idiot. She fucking hates you. That's how delusional he is. Oh, my God. So, the judge went through, like, the list of the charges with John, answering, like... He, you know, like, you have to yeah, plead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So John was, like, saying yes and no in, like, a mumble. Like, do you agree to this charge? Yeah. Like. No. Get out of here with that. No. The entire proceeding was over in, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> because oh he's just God. like, yeah, sure, I did it, whatever. Yeah, that happened. You know what I mean? Like, that's so ridiculous. So, sentencing was set for July 15th. So, in the meantime, investigators gathered, like, all of his assets to be liquidated. But what are his assets? He doesn't have anything. He has a house. No, remember? He was a millionaire. Oh, that's right! (laughs) Yeah. We're not dealing with... He was the frugal one that was a little too frugal. 
Yes. yes. And he had tons of money from yes. when his dad, dad died. died. So he actually had real estate investments in New Mexico, California, right. yep. Florida. He had stock certificates in American companies and then some cash in local banks accounts. So the Jamalski family home on Highbridge Road was put up for sale so that the money would then go to the victims. Everything within the home, including his precious bottle collection, was going to be sold off at auction. So then the sex dungeon was scheduled to be demolished. Good. Guess who had to pay for that? John. Good. It was a requirement, actually, by the judge. He had to pay for the demolition of his favorite thing. Good. So I later, made him watch it, too. I know, right? Later, when John spoke with the DA about an explanation as to why he was keeping the girls as sex slaves, he decided that he was going to be a spider and start weaving a web. He said that he paid the girls for their stay in his dungeon. No. Their stay. Like, it was like an Airbnb. fucking vacation? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, however, they had to reimburse him for room and board. (laughs) Oh my God. So. No. Here's the situation. (laughs) No. That makes zero sense to me. No. Amanda, you can come and stay at my house. You did one time. Remember when your power went out? Mm -hmm. Okay. You can come stay with me. It's fine. I'm going to pay you. To stay with me. But when you leave, you're going to have to pay me room and board for staying with me. (laughs) Why am I even paying you in the first place? So... So he's not really... have to be chained to the floor and naked and then fed crackers and Kool-Aid. So he's giving them money, his own money, that they would then... It's just the exchange of money. Nobody's making money here. The girls aren't making money. No. Although he's making it seem that way. That's what he's trying to, like... He's a fucking idiot. He's trying to make it seem like the girls made money. No. Um, But he's not making money because they have nothing. They had clothes, which he took. Um, So it's it's weird. It's weird. So he calculated a price scale for various sex acts and then paid the girls accordingly. He decided that they were... Prostitutes, essentially. That's not what they are. Where's the money at that he paid them? I have no idea. He kept them in a dungeon. Where would they have put it? What would they have spent it on? They had nothing. Exactly. So if they left the bunkers without any cash, he said, it was because the room and board fees exceeded the amount of payments. Uh, What the actual fuck is happening? (laughs) You are the one making the calculations, my good sir. Okay? Shriveled up raisin penis man. You are the one calculating this. Okay? You easily could have said, I'm giving you $100. Room and board is 50 She's leaving with 50 What he's saying is, I have come up with the amount that I am paying them for sex acts. Their room and board ended up being more than that. So they got nothing. <laughs> Your head hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> that is so much. This is like common core math oh that I don't understand. If, if, if John germs 
Jamelski pays one girl $50 for a blowjob. But she spends three days in his Airbnb sex dungeon, which is $25 a day. How much does she leave with? Uh, negative 25. <laughs> exactly. That's literally what exactly. he's saying. Exactly. But my good sir, you're the one making up the Falcon calculations. You're making the price list. You literally, he didn't want to give the money, but he's just trying to be like, it's fine, guys. He's trying to talk his way out of it. Mr. DA man, you're not smart enough to understand. So let me help you out. I tried to give them money, but they stayed too long in. Because you had them chained up. <laughs> they were there for a stay. I just. It makes your head go, what the fuck? I can't even. <clears throat> I, I can't. There's no thinking and trying to understand it because there is no sense. There's no sense. It makes no sense. But the thing is, is he fully believes it. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. He, and he's not trying to crack jokes. I don't even think he's trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. I think he literally believes this is how it went down. Yeah. It this is... How... He was looking for Ellen to say a final goodbye. That... Girl wanted to get the hell away from you. She didn't even show up. She didn't have a prior commitment. (laughs) Her prior commitment was like, I cannot be in a room with this man. Ever. Ever. I don't want to hear his name. Andrew or John. Like, none of them. I just, but he thinks, I thought she'd come to say goodbye. So do you see, he's. Those are all the screws. All of them. All of them. The nuts, bolts, screws, and nails are all All gone. All of them. Gone. So the DA then asked John why he never was afraid of being caught. And John said, caught for what? See? Delusional. Nuts, bolts, screws, nails, and jars. Completely bonkers. The wheel is turning, but the hamster is dead. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he maintained he did nothing wrong. And if he did, he didn't know what it was. He didn't understand. If he was doing nothing wrong, why is he blindfolding them? And making up elaborate ruses to get them to cooperate and threatening death on their families. Thank you. But that was, that wasn't wrong. We were just role playing. I've got nothing. So he then gave an interview to MSNBC from jail and said, I am not the monster they're painting this horrid picture of. Yes, you are. I'm a pretty nice guy, and I never hurt anyone physically. You fucking raped the girls and chained them to a floor and kept them naked. What is it? What is your idea? Does he think because he didn't punch them or throw them or physically abuse them? I have no idea what his idea is of physically abusing people. He does know that rape is wrong, right? Apparently not. Apparently not. I mean, at this point, he doesn't think he's taken anybody by force. (laughs) Nothing he's done is wrong. He gave false names to each girl. Exactly. But he didn't do anything wrong? He had to have known he was doing something wrong. He wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I know. So during the same interview, he said that the girls exaggerated the living conditions in the bunker to make it seem worse than it was. 
He then said, quote, I would not mind living down there in that dungeon. It was absolutely beautiful. There was a bed. There was water. Anything they wanted except leaving at a certain time was there. Bullshit. Do you remember what he made the bed out of? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how he made the toilet? Okay. Let's be... Okay, yes. But let's try to get into John's mind. Not that I want to be there. He gave them a toilet. He gave them a way to relieve themselves. He gave them water. It's out of a garden hose, but still there is water. He was giving them something to eat. Uh, I mean, it is crackers. But so in his mind, he's taking care of them, right? It is a bed. It's not, it's not a sleep number. Do you know what I mean? That's what I have. I know. But it's not, it's not a faux mattress with a topper. But he's not wrong. He supplied a bed. It may not be to our standard of bed. Okay, but if he thought it was so wonderful that he wouldn't have a problem, then why didn't he stay in there with them? Right. But here's 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 the key part. The last sentence. Anything they wanted, except leaving at a certain time, was there. That's kidnapping, my dude. It wasn't kidnapping. They just couldn't leave. <laughs> that's, that's being held hostage. I don't get it. I don't understand. So on the morning of July 16th, 2003, Judge Aloy sentenced John to 18 years to life in prison. I feel like he should have got 18 years per victim. Yeah. He said, Mr. Jamalski, there is no question in my mind you should die in prison for what you've done to these five women. And raped every single day before he dies. Right. Yes. Um... When asked if he had anything to say, John cleared his throat and spoke with a quivering voice. That actually rose in tone, you know, kind of like mine does. Yeah. Okay. He, he said, say? Oh, God, here we go. I'm just truly sorry for what I did. And then a tear rolled out his face. And he said... I've had a lot of time to think about it, and I'm just very sorry for what I did and for how it affected everyone, and God bless all of them. That's it? That's it. But mind you, while he was in prison, he spoke to MSNBC and... Said, oh, for what? All sorts of crazy shit. He just said to the DA, caught for what? What would I be caught for? Oh, my God. He's crazy. Yeah. God bless all of them. Okay. Isn't that, isn't that like the little, uh, little Johnny kid, like from the Scrooge? God bless Yes. You yes. You know, you mean, um, um, little Timmy? Yeah. Little Timmy. Yeah. Who'd I say? Johnny. Well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. The Jamelski family home ended up selling for $100,000. In 2005. So the bottle collection, which consisted of more than 13,000 pieces. Don't tell me it was actually worth money. It was sold over the internet in 2003 for $500. So really, no. Not worth much of anything. John was sent to Clinton Prison in upstate New York, where he actually remains to this day. Okay. So he was actually up for a parole hearing in 2020. Huh. At the age of 85. It was denied. Good. He was actually up again for parole in December of 2022. Oh! Yeah. 
But I think it was denied because I cannot find any information about that. Like, I can I can find articles when I look it up. Um, now, up to this recording. So if anything comes out after this recording, I cannot help that. I'm sorry. But all I can find is John Jamelski, owner of the Sex Dungeon, up for parole in December 2022. Um but I can't find what the verdict is. I'm going to head and go ahead and assume that it's no. denied. Um, I am sure he will not be getting out of prison alive. This puts him at 87. Yeah. Um, and that is the story of John Jamelski, also known as Ariel Castro of Syracuse, mm-hmm. the Syracuse Dungeon Master. And the boogeyman of Syracuse. You know who Ariel Castro is, right? I do now. Yeah, I just gave you a little a little lesson. Thank God. This was not recording. Uh, bless your little blonde soul is all I have to say. And I think uh, yeah. as soon as... I, I mean, I understand the link there with Castro and you thinking Fidel. Um, um, I just really... I feel bad for his victims and, and whatnot, but I really would love to know why they named him Ariel and he's a boy. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that has... I mean, granted, he wasn't... He's obviously of a different descent. They do weird things. They be naming people Jesus. I don't know. But nowadays... Also true. Nowadays, I mean, there's crazy kids named crazy things. Yeah. Baby love. Remember when you told me that? I was so confused. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's I, a girl in our school named Clementine. I I mean, so that's a really pretty name. Clementine. It's a fruit. People are named Rosemary. That's a seasoning. Oh, I went to school with a Rosemary. She lived down the street. She but nobody super, thinks that's nice. different. No, I thought let's, it, let's it's turn different. it back to our favorite person, Gwyneth Paltrow, who <gasps> named her daughter... Um, Apple and named her company Goop. <laughs> and then made a vagina scented candle of her vagina, which probably doesn't smell like apple goop at all. <laughs> hmm. Apple goop. <laughs> Maybe yeah, she does. Like, Maybe that's why she, she named it Apple. She's like, she's a millionaire. I had a baby. Smell it. It smells like my goop. Smell it. Apple. That her name's Apple. <laughs> like the process of elimination there. You know. I really want to know if this candle really smells like Herbert JJ. Oh God, that's one of my favorite conversations we've had. Um, but why is she a millionaire and we are not? Why was John Jamelski a millionaire and yeah. we're not? Well, he just got lucky. I, he did get lucky. That he he that was his dad's money. Yeah, he got lucky. Yeah, that his mom should have probably just got. Did his kids not get anything when his assets were all sold? No, because they couldn't. It all had to it in according to the order. It all had to go to the victim's families. Oh yeah, good. So, um, I we're not going to cover Ariel Castro because it is such a big case. Um, but I would not call John Jamelski the Ariel Castro of Syracuse. No. I don't think it's the same thing. Um, the way he lured those three girls 
this one had five. This one had a whole fucking sex dungeon. Ariel Castro did not. He just had a room upstairs. Yeah. Different. It's, it's different. different. He he had a baby with one of the girls. John Jamelski did not do that. Um, yeah, I mean, he different. chained he chained the girls up, didn't let them out. But, I mean, it's not the same. He, it's not, it's not the it's same. It's not the same. It's yeah. not the same. Different. Um, granted, I do want to point out that all the girls in this story survived and all of the girls in Ariel Castro's story survived. Um, like I said, I don't see why we would cover that one. Um, other than if it came up like we did the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, but it won't. Right. It won't. Um, so he's known as all of these things. Um, but to us here at Allegedly, you're just known as a piece of shit. Very large piece of shit. With a shriveled up raisin penis. Correct. So if you guys really want to deep dive more, um, into the story, go for it. I used one main source, and it was the book Kiss the Girls Goodnight by Mark Gatto, and I loved it. I feel like it um, it really gave all of the information, all of the quotes that I got, I got from the book. Um, it's, I feel like it was just like all nice and tied up. I didn't really have to go through any results. I think the only other place that I got something from was Wikipedia for that 53-year-old right. age. Right. Um, but otherwise, like, it was it was a good book. And it's available on Amazon. It's only available for Kindle. Um, oh, okay. But it was it was a decent price. Um, I think I had credits, but I really wanted to read it because I was like, this is nuts. And again, Syracuse is not far. No. I mean, I was just there. Yeah. What, a few weeks ago? Yeah. For a doctor's appointment for my kid? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently the house is still standing. Ew. Um, I do believe it was one of somebody who's related to one of the victims who bought it. Um, I do believe it is still standing. Um, I think they just. I feel just... like that's something that we could go and drive by. Yeah, I bet you we could. I we definitely feel like could. we need to do that. That could. I. I would. Yeah. I. I think all they did was demolish the sex dungeon, yeah. which was just digging up the backyard, demolishing that, and calling it a day. Yeah. Um, but I do think the house is still there. I, I think maybe they should have just leveled the whole thing. Oh, I would have. From what I hear, the house doesn't, it looks like it's out of place, according to the houses around it. Um, mind you, he had, like, a six-foot-tall fence and, like, junk in the front yard. Oh, and yeah, he was yards. so junky. Yeah, he kept, like, crap everywhere. You would never know he was a millionaire. You forgot. He was, oh, I like, forgot! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, we could. We could try to drive by. I think it is still there. I'm I mean, almost we could always check Google Maps first. We could. But how often does that update? I'm pretty sure it updates often. Oh. Well, yeah, satellites in the sky and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, you know, it's not like it's out of our way. We could make a fun day of it. Yeah. Know, just And we could go to Chick-fil-A. We're not, like, taking children, right? That feels a little weird. No, we're not taking children. When We're not, no, we're not doing that. Oh, good. We'll make a day of it. Yeah, we're not, we're we'll, not doing we'll that. We'll make a day of it and um, we'll, we'll. And we'll go to Chick-fil-A. And yeah, that's really going to be the whole point of this. <laughs> Absolutely. And maybe go to the mall or something. Or the book things that you, we could find a book, book. I have little libraries mapped out for Syracuse. So that definitely sounds like something we'll do. We may have to take your car because it's easier on gas. That's and fine. And I'll just help you with the gas. That's fine. I'm down for that. Okay. Um, and for those of you wondering why we would want to go see, it's just... 
it's a weird morbid curiosity, I guess. Yeah, it's just it's, something that... It, this is a story that I guess you wouldn't think, oh, that wouldn't happen anywhere close to here. With, right. You know? It's so weird. It's I mean, so close. It's so odd. Um, so I think it's just a morbid... It's not like we're going to go steal a piece of blade of grass and be like, it's from John Jamelski's house. No, you know, not at all. It's just but a I mean, matter like, of seeing it. My son runs into our track and the meets are held in Cortland. That's 20 minutes south yeah. of Syracuse. Yeah. We, so I'm there every Saturday. So like... Yeah. Well, 7070 High Bridge Road. Yeah. We're um, also known as State Route 92. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the story. Um, I definitely do suggest the, the book. It's not, that's what I wanted to say. It's not that long of a book. It's like 78 pages. Oh, that's not long at all. Yeah. It's, and I did not read it in one sitting because I was just doing research with it. And I have a really hard time um, reading the entire thing and then remembering. Yeah. You've so I was pieces. going page by page. Yeah. Um, but it is a good book. So come back next week for a new episode. Do we know who we're doing? I think I do. Okay. I think I have a couple to choose from. I think I'm. it might be something simple because this case was a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go straight into another a lot. Um, but this is, this is the end of the man with the sex dungeon Airbnb. Which apparently he thought it was a hotel. <laughs> Delusional. So until then, find and contact on our socials. You can find us anywhere and everywhere. Yep. Um, allegedly TCP. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Um, but do us a favor, and wherever you're listening, hit subscribe. Yes. That helps us. Other people will find us. And a shout out to all the people who have found us. Yes. We have been hearing from people left and right from different parts. We really have. But, but what's really funny is that it's from where things are happening, happening. that we've covered. Yeah. Oh, I my think gosh. It's, awesome. it's it. crazy. Um, most of the action is on our Facebook page. So if you want to go True. there and look it out and check everything out. I'm not really a big Twitter person. We have a Twitter. I don't really update it. I'm I Twitter don't really person. understand Twitter. That's James's department. Yeah, I, I just, whatever. Um, but yeah, we also have a website. Website, which is super informative and easy. And it's linked on all of our socials. Everywhere. And you can uh, send us a message. We like messages. I Ooh, like mail. I love messages. You got mail. So, until then, as always, make sure you stay alert. Stay salty. <laughs> And stay intact. And please, do not get in anybody's car. Walk with a buddy. Walk with buddy a dog. At, at this, at, yes, walk with a dog. Not a little yippy one. Preferably a big one. A big one. You have a pit bull. I have a pit bull. Probably get one of them or Rottweilers or something. Yeah. Or just don't, don't, don't walk, walk at night. <laughs> at night yeah. in sketchy areas. Yeah. Stay please inside. Don't. Please don't. Just let the dog out back. You know, to yeah. do its business. You you want to walk? Walk around the tree in the backyard. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Walk around your kitchen table. Yes. Don't don't go outside. It's dangerous out there. That's a great story. <laughs> See you next episode.